0: Hello everybody, this is Colman here, and you're listening to The Vinyl Voice. Voice. This is a podcast where I talk about
1: an album from my personal collection in every episode. I talk about vinyl as a medium, which I call the vintage view. And then I have The Vinyl Countdown, where I write different things in the vintage music community, like best albums, groups, songs, and stuff like that. So let's get into it. Today we're talking about Alice Cooper's 1970 album, from the inside. This was Alice Cooper's fourth solo album and he got this idea from whenever he was sent to New York asylum because of alcoholism. You know you take one look at Alice Cooper and all that makeup and stuff, you just look at it and go man he's been to prison (laughs) or someplace crazy. He just kinda has that look to him. Uh, A lot of the songs on this album was actually helped being written by Bernie Taupin, which was Elton John's best friend and writer of songs. So I felt like I read the Wikipedia page before I made this episode because I kind of wanted to know about the album itself and not just like the songs about it. Because I'm not the biggest Alice Cooper fan, which is really interesting because whenever I got this album, I got a whole bunch at once. My friend Vincent was like, hey, I know you like albums and I'm cleaning out this old lady's garage and she gave these to me. I don't really listen to them. Do you want them? I was like, sure. I had no clue what was there. So I was like, Alice Cooper, he's that guy that does schools out for summer that was pretty much all I knew. And I listened to maybe the first side, and I was like, "Yeah, this album's not really, not really hitting it for me. And then I was bored one day back when COVID first hit. It's like, you know what? I'm going to catalog all my records and put them on a playlist on Spotify and then download it. So that way, whenever I'm driving around in my car, you know, not really doing a whole lot, I can kind of see the other songs on my whole record collection that, you know, I just don't listen to because I don't have the time to sit through an album I don't really particularly enjoy. Or know about so one day I was driving in a car I can't remember where I was at where I was headed to but I was like you know what? I'll throw on my vinyl playlist and the first song on this album shows up which is I have the album here with me which is from the inside which I should have known that is the name of the album and whoa <laughs> but yeah before I heard this album uh, all I really knew about Alice Cooper was a uh, my dad one time had this buddy whose dad went to see Alice Cooper like perform live, and somebody had broke out from the crowd, ran up on stage, and just took a fat dump. <laughs> and as he was being escorted off stage, Alice Cooper picked up the turd, bit the end off of it. I don't know what he did with the rest of it, or if he spit it out, or what. But I'm like, man, that guy, <laughs> if that's all you know about a guy, can you not blame me for not really wanting to listen to him? But yeah, let's go through the <laughs> back to the record. Let's go through the songs on this album. Uh, we have on the first side, From the Inside, I Wish I Were Born in Beverly Hills, The Quiet Room, Nurse Rosetta, and Millie and Billy. For side two, you have "Serious," How You Gonna See Me Now, For Veronica's Sake, Jack Knife Johnny," and Inmates, We're All Crazy. Uh, when I'm looking at this album, it's really interesting. It's not like a whole lot of other records you see. Um, on the front, it has his face. And it's split down the middle and you open it up and it's like you're looking at the inside lobby of some kind of like prison or asylum. And on the back, hey, that's my, my buddy Gina asking if I'm still awake. I am awake. It is one o'clock. Hi, Gina, if you're listening. But on the back, you have two doors. Like they're leaving the asylum. And uh, that's where it shows the lyrics. And when you open them up, it's Alice Cooper trying to escape the asylum. Or maybe that's when he's free. I can't remember what the record sleeve looks like. But on the record sleeve, it's like him running out of the asylum. And then on the other side of the sleeve, it has all the lyrics to all the songs. So I just think the album itself is really cool. And that's part of the reasons why I don't really listen to it a whole lot on vinyl record itself. Because I'm afraid I'm going to damage the sleeves opening it up so much. So I want to listen to it every now and then. And that's why I like cataloging everything on the playlist. So you can listen to your records when you're not there. Even though you don't have the same kind of record sound. But yeah, the main hit song from this album was How You Gonna See Me Now. It was kind of a rock ballad pretty much about how you gonna see me now, I'm trapped in this asylum. Yeah, it reached up to number 12 on the American charts. And I think the album only reached to like 60 on the album charts. So, But I saw where Alice Cooper had said himself that this album was so musical for him. It doesn't sound like any of his other stuff because it was just so performed well and it's so high quality. It doesn't really blend in. To what the rest of his album sound like? And I've noticed that too because after I heard this album I was like man this is fantastic. And I want to hear more about Alice Cooper so I listened to a whole bunch of his stuff and I'm like nothing really sounds quite like this album. Some of my favorite songs from this one starting with my third favorite is Inmates. Oh that's the last song on the album which I said earlier. And I like this song because whenever I get off work it's like the perfect like, Ooh, like exhale <laughs> kind of song. You just sit down. You leave and work, you're tired, you're wore out, and just everybody's crazy. That's, that's what they repeat in the song all the time. And it's kind of like, it's kind of like, like comfort food. Uh, the next favorite song I like on this album is From the Inside, which is the starting song, which is kind of funny. I didn't notice that until kind of reading it out loud. But whenever you first pop on this album, it starts out with like a, like a rock beat on the piano. And like a bass bum 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 And it is incredible. It's if you wanna get this is like the perfect work album. If you wanna get to work awesome and start your day off right, you listen to from the inside, and when you're leaving, you just put on inmates. So it's kinda like the perfect loop. My favorite song in this whole album is Nurse Rosetta. This is a song I wouldn't let your 12-year-old kid listen to. It's a little bit raunchy and a little bit lewd but the writing in the song is hilarious it's basically i think i didn't look up the accurate synopsis but my interpretation is it's either like an inmate there getting service from this nurse making sure everything's okay or it's i think it's about a i think it might be about like some kind of priest or whatever visiting the asylum because there's words like i can't remember exactly all the lyrics but there's one line that goes it busts the buckle on my bible belt and <laughs> I don't know that, that the whole lyric just kind of makes me laugh a little bit even though it's a little bit out there so the last thing I kind of want to wrap up we're running a little bit long on this segment but the last thing I want to talk about on this album is or Alice Cooper in general is how is he friends with everybody like this is a metal like famously like metal musician and kind of like hard rock kind of stuff but in the same week I saw him with a picture of David Cassidy of The Partridge family. And Mama Cass of Mamas and the Papas. Like, how is he just homies with everybody? And I know he didn't start off like heavy metal. He kind of started off doing like Frank Zappa type instrumental and weird music type stuff. But still, how is he just homies with literally everybody that's not even the same like rock genre as him? But anyway, if you haven't heard this album already, it's on Spotify. If you can pick it up somewhere, uh, I encourage you to do so. I don't know how expensive it is. Or, you know, what condition it is in, but if you have the opportunity, buy this album, listen to this album, and give it a shot. Alright, moving on with the show. It's time for our officially named segment now. (laughs) I call this segment now, The Vintage View on Vinyl. And what we're going to talk about today is, when I've collected records and I've listened to old music pretty much growing up as a kid... And now that I talk to older people and saying, "Hey, I like these groups. this is what I collect on vinyl," they always the number one answer I always get from older people is, you're not old enough to know what that is. So like a few things when I, I think about, I'm like, there's an age limit on music. number one, and number two, does like the internet not exist, and am I not allowed to expose myself to other music and in my opinion, superior music? I guess they're just shocked because, you know, what's a young person doing listening to my kind of music when I grew up when I was a kid? They're not allowed to do that. But just because I didn't grow up with the same music that they grew up with doesn't mean I can't enjoy that. I mean, I'm not saying it's like I'm bashing on little people for making fun of me, and they're not really making fun of me. But instead of just asking, you know, hey, how did you get involved into this group? And how did you start? How did you find out about these things? They're just like, what like you don't you're not old enough to listen to that and I, I just think it's so funny like they slap an age limit on music you know you have to be this tall to ride you have to be experienced this or be this old to enjoy this kind of music And i just think that's a the wrong philosophy especially people from that generation like if it were me i would want and if i like today's music i would want today's music to live on you know forever for other people to enjoy 20 30 40 50 years down the road. Like, you can enjoy the same music that I got to enjoy. And if I was them, then, then I'd be like, man, Mamas and the Papas or whatever, like, best group in the world. I want to tell everybody about this group. You know, 30 years down the road, I wouldn't be like, you can't listen to the Mamas and the Papas. I listen to the Mamas and the Papas. You're not old enough. Like, I'm not going to I'm not gonna ever do that. Like, if somebody, in 20 years, somebody was like, Gangnam Style, I was like, I listened to that song when I was a kid. I mean, I didn't love it or anything, but I'm not going to be like, kid you're not old enough to know what that song is <laughs> like i just think this whole phenomena of like i lived it i experienced it you can't experience it the same way i can like i found out about the monkeys when i was like in middle school like i was still at a pretty young age and i didn't really talk to a lot to it about a lot of people then but like i still got to kind of grow up with the monkeys i was kind of like that kind of target age demographic maybe a little bit older and I kind of grew up, and now I am now. I've known about the monkeys for, like, what? How old am I? 20? I was 12. I eight years, maybe? And so, yeah, I've, I've I've grown up with this group just like they have. It's just in a different time period in a different setting. And uh, it may sound like I'm complaining, but it, it happens every time. I like I went to a guitar store one time. While I was looking for an electric ukulele. I still haven't found one, by the way. If you know one, reach out to me if you can find any electric ukulele for a decent price. But anyway... I was talking to them and I saw they had a monkey's drum head on the wall. I was like, "Yo, is that for sale?" Because I love the monkeys. And they're like, "No, man, it's a it's an heirloom. I love the monkeys too." It's, how do you know? And there's the same. There was the line, you know, you're not old enough to know what the monkeys are. It's like, what do you mean? Like I'm wearing like a Muscle Shoals recording studio shirt right now. Like you don't. I can't know what, who the group is because I'm not there to live through it. I don't know. <laughs> This may be just like a young person, a young millennial, a lo- a young millennial ranting about an old boomer, but I think it's really important, you know, old people can't be like, you can't listen to that. But anyway, rant over. Now it's time for the vinyl countdown. Now it's time for the vinyl countdown. For today's vinyl countdown, I'm going to talk about the top three most wanted to see live music events of concerts, in my opinion. So if I was alive back in this day, back in this time, what live event or concert would I want to see? And so the third one, like the lowest one I've always wanted to see, which I say the lowest one, it's just the last one on the list, because I've always wanted to see the Monkees live concert on their 1967 tour. Um, I know they did an episode on season two, going right into, or ending of season one, going into season two, where... They do it like, hey, we're going to go do a show. This video is all going to be about, you know, the trip there. We're just going to talk about stuff. And I'm going to show you the show. And I've listened to that album at certain venues. And I think that album was, like, a great album. Um, Yeah, <laughs> whenever I was looking for albums to buy, I was, I was listening to it on iTunes. And there's a track where Davy sings I Want to Be Free, which is one of my most favorite, like, live songs that he does back in the day. And I was like, testing them to see which one I wanted to get, and I was listening to them, and there's where, there's a point where, like, his voice cracks, because they're not totally used to singing live all the time, and so it's so funny, because in multiple versions of that song in different venues, he goes, I wanna be free, and it sounds horrendous, even worse than what I did just then, and I found one that was good, I can't remember what show it was, but I've always wanted to see that out that that concert or some venue on that tour whenever they were touring because monkeys live are insane and I'm trying to actually go see them on their final tour coming up in November we'll see how that goes but now let's move on to number two for number two I wanted to see Woodstock live in 1969 their first Woodstock event Um, I wanted to see this because number one it's got Jimi Hendrix and I'm not super super big into Jimi Hendrix and I'm not, I'm not trying to be a fake fan either or anything, but Jimi Hendrix was a phenomenal guitar player. Anybody that can play the guitar with his teeth has been a guitarist like none other. And the Monkees, if you don't know, they actually had him open for him. And people that, like, the Monkees hated Jimi Hendrix, which is a whole new story that I can probably actually talk about maybe next time. But yeah, Woodstock 1969, it had The Who, it had The Grateful Dead, Joe Cocker, um, Jimi Hendrix, of course. I think... Janis Joplin was there I'm pretty sure and I also love the whole hippie aesthetic too like living out in tents and maybe not so much the sexually transmitted diseases that probably wouldn't all cool and the drugs was not all that great either but I love that aesthetic and I love the idea of a music festival like peace and love stuff like that I think I'm a hippie flower flower child at heart but okay <laughs> enough um hippie ramblings time to get on to number one my number one most wanted to see live music event is Queen at Wembley on their 1986 tour. Queen is a phenomenal group, as many of you know. They're that one group that sings Bohemian Rhapsody and that's it. That's all they sing. No, only kidding. <laughs> I don't even like that song as much you know, as normal people do. But Queen at Wembley at 86 is a phenomenal concert. I've listened to it on Spotify. I've seen the video recording of it many times. I'm not talking about the one event they had at the Live Aid, but their actual concert they had at Wembley itself. And a phenomenal show from top to bottom. And Wembley seats like a bunch of people. And I saw an interview where they had to set up the speakers at different like delays, that way they don't get like a mad echo. That way everybody's hearing everything at the same time. So I thought that was really cool. And Queen is one of my favorite r- groups of all time. And just seeing them live is experience I've always wanted to have. And I think 86 is their best live show. Yeah, this has been today's Vinyl Voice. I'm your host, Coleman. And
0: hopefully you'll hear me in the next one. See you later. Hello, everybody. This is Coleman here. And you're listening to The Vinyl Voice. Voice. Hello, everybody. This is Coleman here. And you're listening to the vinyl voice. voice hello everybody this is colman here and you're listening to the vinyl voice, voice. hello everybody this is colman here and you're listening to the vinyl voice, voice. voice. hello everybody this is colman here and you're listening to the vinyl voice, voice. voice. hello everybody this is colman here and you're listening to the vinyl voice, voice. hello everybody this is colman here and you're listening to the vinyl voice, voice. hello everybody this is colman here and you're listening to the vinyl voice, voice. hello everybody this is colman here and you're listening to the vinyl voice, voice. Hello everybody. This is Colman here, and you're listening to The Vinyl Voice. voice. Hello everybody. This is Colman here, and you're listening to The Vinyl Voice. voice. Hello everybody. This is Colman here, and you're listening to The Vinyl Voice. voice. Hello everybody. This is Colman here, and you're listening to The Vinyl Voice. voice.